everyone, my name is Rebecca and welcome to Where's the Map, a podcast about mental health, wellness, the hardships of being human, and learning how to navigate life. On this week's episode, we're going to be exploring writing notes. Where's the map to show me how to do this? What do I feel deep inside? I need a map cause life's so damn confusing, hell I'd even take Thomas Guide, where can I find the map, the map to life? Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Where's the Map? Look at that! Three whole episodes, guys. And I am still recording and putting them out on schedule. Rockin'. Who would have thought, right? This week I wanted to talk about something that Uh, recently really struck a chord with me. Um, I've actually been listening to the audiobook of Glennon Doyle's newest memoir, Untamed, uh, mostly because the waitlist for a physical copy at my public library is hundreds of people long, but lucky for me, it turns out that barely anybody wants the CD version of the audiobook. So I guess perks of still having a car from 2005 with a CD player and no way to use current technology or other devices on it. I don't know. Silver linings, right? But anyway, I was listening to Untamed because that was literally the only version I could get my hands on in a timely manner. And something Glennon talked about was really a super light bulb type moment for me. And that thing was writing notes. So in the context of managing mental health and specifically addressing coping strategies for those of us with diagnosed mental illnesses, Glennon shares this really revelatory concept of writing notes from your up self to your down self and from your down self to your up self. And while I was listening, I could just seriously not believe that this was something I had never thought of before. And the reason why this was so mind-boggling to me is because the struggle Glennon describes when you do not write notes to yourself as someone with a mental illness is one that I can relate to so deeply, and I'm sure many of you can as well, but just really never had the awareness to even kind of consider or the ability to kind of conceptualize in a more concrete way. So I don't know who else has had this experience, but have you ever had that moment where you're going to your GP to talk about some of your mental health concerns, or maybe you have a pre-booked therapy session to attend, but by the time the appointment comes around, you basically feel fine, mostly human, and you know sometimes even once in a while, even better than average maybe. And it's this really frustrating thing because You know you have a problem, but do you really? At least you think you do. But at this point, it all seems really far away. At least in my experience, that's kind of what it's been for me. In these situations in my life, I constantly find myself thinking things like, I remember feeling bad then, but was it really as bad as it seems? Or, I guess I'm mostly fine. Do I even really need help? I mean, everyone has off days or feels a little sad sometimes. Even in the moments I know that I am not fine, 
I don't really always know how to articulate why I'm not fine or how I know that because in the moment, it's like, it feels like my ability to kind of understand myself and then articulate that understanding of my feelings and words that, you know, would accurately convey what's happening inside me has just sort of ceased to exist at that point. You know, saying things like, I feel really sad sometimes, or something just doesn't feel right, or I don't know, I just feel like life shouldn't be this hard. Saying those kinds of things makes me feel really frustrated and, and inadequate, yet it seems like these are the types of things that are more likely than not going to be the ones that will come out of my mouth when I'm trying to talk about you know, what I've ultimately learned is my experience with depression and anxiety when I'm only experiencing a muted or toned down version of my symptoms. I know I also tend to annoy my therapist to no end because there are times when I will come into a session and insist that basically everything is fine because in that specific moment, it mostly is, or at least it feels like it is, I think, anyway. And for those of you who have never done therapy before, therapy is hard work. And so I guess if I feel, quote unquote, like mostly fine, or that maybe I have a few minor hardships, sure, but they're just things that I would consider, you know, average people problems, you know, things that are not indicative of my mental illnesses, but are, I guess, rather just a byproduct of you know, being a human living on planet Earth, I mean, life is hard, right? But when I'm convinced that I'm mostly fine or that my problems are just, you know, quote unquote average, I do not particularly feel inclined to even try super hard to remember, you know, the version of me that felt so out of sorts or hopeless, frustrated, angry, confused, anxious, tired, or anything else I might have just been feeling, you know, a few short days ago before that therapy session or before that appointment. It's a little bit like um, my brain kind of tricks me into thinking that everything is fine now. And why rehash these things from days or weeks before? Why create problems that, you know, we don't have anymore? And that's kind of how I reason with myself, I guess. But I think the reality is that a few days later, the anxiety, the depression, you know, that overwhelming inability to feel like you can cope with life always reappear eventually. You know, whether it's a few days later or a couple weeks, it always kind of comes back. But in that moment, I kind of convince myself that, oh, no, we're fine now. And not just that we're fine in this moment, but we will continue to be fine. Yet I could not articulate this until I saw it laid out for me in Glennon's writing because it's a feeling that I know so intimately but that I never realized or even kind of stopped to consider might be happening to anyone else you know that thing where you kind of go into those appointments or those sessions and sort of have this like amnesia about the fact that you do have a mental illness or that you do need help and it all feels really far away. I never thought to consider that, hey, maybe this in of itself is a facet of my mental illness or a facet of 
the struggles that I'm currently facing, you know, prior to actually being diagnosed. And I just kind of took it at face value. I sort of assumed that, you know, it is what it is and that's just how it goes and never really thought that maybe there would be something I could do to help myself and better my experience in those situations. But one of the tips that Glennon suggests is so simple, but so freaking effective. And it's certainly made my life so much easier since putting it into practice. And I so wish that someone had shared it with me sooner. Like when I was first trying to get mental health help, it would have been so awesome to know this. And so that's why I'm sharing it here. Um, but make no mistake, I am taking zero credit for it. The idea is all Glennon and she deserves all the credit. But to overcome all of the variations we experience of the problem that I just kind of outlined, Glennon suggests writing notes from our down selves to our up selves and vice versa. For time's sake, And I guess also for the sake of not stealing all her ideas and sharing them here, (laughs) I'm just going to focus on the former. Um, So when you feel yourself spiraling or feeling down or you notice that you're struggling before booking that appointment or that therapy session, or even if you start to feel down in the days leading up to one that you already had booked, whether it was for mental health things or not, write yourself a quick note about how you're feeling in that moment, but only if it's not an emergency. If it's an emergency, then please disregard all of this and just get help ASAP. But if you can, if you're at the point where, you know, you're going to book an appointment or you're going to book a therapy session or some other form of, um, you know, professional help or medical help, And, you know, that appointment or that session is going to be a few days, a few weeks, you know, depending on your healthcare system, sometimes even even months out from where you are currently, take the time to write yourself that note first. And in your note, explore what emotions you're experiencing. You know, what kinds of things are you thinking right now? What bodily sensations do you notice? Does it feel like your heart is going to jump out of your chest? Because I've certainly experienced that one. (laughs) You know, are you feeling scared? And if you're feeling scared or anxious or afraid, what are you scared of or about? Do you feel connected or do you feel all alone? And then when you have your appointment or your therapy session or whatever it is that you have booked to get help for yourself, Even if you happen to be having a good, quote unquote, fine day, you have the ability then to refer back to the note left by your past self. And you can so much more easily say, even though I'm not feeling these things right in this moment, here is what I feel like when I'm struggling and read your note aloud. Or if reading your note aloud seems like too daunting of a task in that moment, then just hand the note over to your doctor, your therapist, and let them read it. It really just makes everything so much easier. The reason that I felt like this was important to talk about is that even though I've been an avid journal writer since I was 12 years old, and I have upward of 20 journals, I am not kidding, there are at least 20, maybe more, I I, I honestly have lost count at this point, fully filled journals 
about, you know, everything going on in my life, highs, lows, ups, downs, life events, feelings, experiences, all those things. Not once in the last 14 years, I'm 26 now, fast math, um, not once did I ever think to write myself a note, you know, when I was experiencing the mental health symptoms and challenges that I was concerned about, or even just to take one of my journals with me to therapy or an appointment where, you know, I would have a detailed written account of, you know, what my struggles were or what was going on when I was feeling at my lowest and like I was most in need of help. And it makes such logical sense, right? It seems so downright simple, but I just... I couldn't put two and two together. And even after being in mental health recovery, I guess is a way to phrase it, um, for a fair bit of time now, I mean, two, two and a half years since I was originally diagnosed and first started getting proper treatment, it still just never even crossed my mind, despite the fact that, you know, I do now have more capacity and more self-awareness and more awareness of how I am impacted by my mental illnesses than I did years ago. It just still was something that I'd never even thought about. I mean, looking back, I guess it does make sense that, especially initially, I I didn't have the capacity maybe because even though in those moments where my upself felt fine heading into these appointments and sessions, I guess the reality is that I was still trapped in the thick of my struggles with my mental health at that point. So even though I thought I was fine and my emotions and my ability to navigate the day were not as impaired as on other days when I really felt like I needed help, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist or anything else fancy or professional like that, but I would guess and I would bet that there are other aspects of my functioning that were still impaired at that time and I was just not aware of them. You know, things like executive functioning or my ability to focus or concentrate, for example. So I guess considering that, it does make sense that I, you know, maybe just never thought to do this of my own accord. But at the same time, You know, I consider myself to be a fairly smart human, and I would never have thought that I could have been overlooking such a simple but effective, you know, mental health management strategy for so long when I've been so focused on, you know, trying to help myself and trying to seek out help for myself from others that it was just something that I somehow missed. So, While I can only speak to this from a patient's perspective, and like I said, not a doctor, not a scientist, also not a mental health professional, if it sounds like something that might be interesting to you and it might be helpful to you, give this note writing strategy a try next time you feel like you need mental health help, you know, next time you book a medical appointment for your concerns or have an upcoming therapy session and just see if you find it as helpful as I have. I do also implore you to read Untamed as well as Glennon's two other books, Carry On Warrior and Love Warrior, if you haven't already. All of Glennon's books are great, 
and full of honest and insightful anecdotes and tidbits that I absolutely love and highly, highly recommend. I will tell you, you know, I think that she is an extraordinary human being and I so appreciate her honesty and her ability to share her experiences and what she's learned with everyone, both as a writer and as a public speaker. And one of my current like favorite hobbies right now is just like going through all the different podcasts that she's guested on over the past, you know, however long she's been in the public eye. Just listen to her talk about all these things. It's really awesome to just, you know, hear such a unique perspective on things, but also a perspective that I feel like, you know, really resonates with me and my beliefs and sort of my truth and understanding the world. So if you're not aware of Glennon or if you haven't read all her books or anything like that, please do. I think she's awesome and I adore her. So um, I would highly, highly, highly recommend, especially if you're spending your time listening to me, Glennon is way more awesome. So listen to her too or read her books for real. (laughs) Anyway, with that, um, I think it's time to move on now. So next up is one of my favorite segments on the podcast, and that is our local service spotlight. For this week's local service spotlight, I have opted to feature the Mood Disorders Association of Ontario. They offer free support programs to people across Ontario and their families who are living with depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorder. And they have an awesome selection of resources available. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to feature them is because one, the resources are free and therefore accessible. Two, they target people all across Ontario, which is not always the case with all of the services that I recommend because personal bias, I am based in Toronto and the services I use and know of most are going to be more local. So when I have the opportunity to include more folks and get resources out there that can potentially be helpful to an even wider audience, I just feel like it's really important to do that. So, um, some of their programs and resources at the Mood Disorders Association of Ontario include a provincial peer support program, regional peer support groups, peer recovery programs, family programs, resources specifically for students and young adults, workplace mental health resources, online programs, including an online support forum, research opportunities, and peer talks. So if you want to find out more about the Mood Disorders Association of Ontario, as well as access their programs and resources, you can do that on their website, which is www.mooddisorders.ca. And you can also contact them by phone or email at 1-888-486-8236 or info at mooddisorders.ca. I will say all of this information will also be in the show notes of this episode. And I just also wanted to quickly mention that peer support is a resource that I personally very much believe in, regardless of whether you have a diagnosed mental health condition or not, especially in times like we're facing currently where there is such a large global crisis going on in terms of the pandemic. And I know that 
thankfully some places are starting to, you know, get back to some level of normalcy in terms of, you know, being able to be in contact with other people and having a less restricted lifestyle and things like that. But it's still very much alive and well in a lot of parts of the world. And so even if you don't have a diagnosed mental health condition, being able to get support for your mental health, which all of us do have, um, and especially in times where things are challenging in, you know, ways that we've never experienced before and also on such a scale that is so large that it literally affects everyone to some degree. Um, I think that peer support can be a really useful tool because it's not therapy, it's not medical health, but it is a really good place to explore your feelings, to, you know, potentially get feedback, help, ideas, resources from other people facing similar things. And if nothing else, just know that you're not alone. Um, you know, mental health is a lot less stigmatized than it used to be, but it's not something that is talked about as openly as, you know, would be ideal, I think. Um, and I think that is because there is still a certain level of shame and stigma attached to it and people are embarrassed or just don't know how to have those conversations. And being in a support group is one of the places where you can find those people having those conversations and being honest about their lives and the struggles that they're facing and their feelings and how those things are impacting their life. And, you know, people take off the masks that we kind of wear in our day-to-day lives and in society where we kind of pretend everything is all great all the time and have the opportunity to be real. So I think that's something that we can all potentially use and all potentially benefit from. So if you haven't, that's a resource that I would highly recommend checking out if you think it could be helpful for you. And overall, um, you know, the Mood Disorders Association of Ontario has a lot of great resources, so please feel free to look into them. Again, their website is mooddisorders.ca, and you can find out about all their programs, resources, and other contact information there. This brings us to the last segment of Where's the Map for this week, our Q&A session. And the question I wanted to take on this week is a lighthearted one. I feel like we all need a little bit of, you know, lighthearted content every now and then. And I also thought that it related nicely to the topic of this week's episode since, you know, I spent most of this week's episode plugging an awesome concept and an awesome tip put out there by Glennon Doyle in her newest book, Untamed. And so the question that I wanted to answer this week is one that I've gotten in my personal life, and that is, what are some good books that tackle topics related to mental health? So firstly, I guess I just want to say that this is by no means even close to an exhaustive list. Um, There are so many good books and resources out there. But these are some that are a few of my personal favorites or, you know, some that I've found to be particularly helpful. So in no specific order, I would recommend the following. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Save My Life School by Natalie Harris. A Medic's Mind by Matthew Hennigan. Open Heart, Open Mind. Or there is also a French version, which I have also read called Cours Ouvert, Esprit Ouvert, 
apologies to any francophones for my slightly butchered pronunciation um but those two titles are both by clara hughes unbearable lightness by portia de rossi basically anything and everything by Brene Brown. <laughs> um, though a few of my personal favorites are The Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, and Braving the Wilderness. Quiet by Susan Cain. Natural Disaster, I Cover Them, I Am One by Ginger Z. The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. <laughs> Apologies again for probably butchering that. And maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb. Please feel free to reach out to me by email or social media if you'd like more recommendations or if you want to know more about my thoughts on any of the books I just spoke about. I really love talking about books, especially good books and books that I've read that I really, really like. It's one of those things that I can just talk about for very long periods of time, even if the other person perhaps isn't that interested. So if you actually want to have those conversations with me, um, I highly encourage you to reach out. I have also put links in the episode description where you can actually purchase each of these titles from chapters if you are interested. Um, but full disclosure, they are affiliate links, which means that I receive credit for sending you there and also receive a small amount of monetary compensation if you opt to use one of these links to purchase the book. As an alternative, I would also highly recommend checking out any of these titles at your public library, or you can purchase them from a local small business and help support businesses as they get back on their feet as we start to finally come out of the effects of this pandemic. So thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Where's the Map? If you liked the episode, please subscribe, share, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Want to send me your favorite mental health-related book recommendations? Connect with us or submit a question for a future Q&A segment. You can find me and updates about the podcast on my Instagram page at IamBeccaAshley or email us at wheresthemappod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and stay safe. See you next time with our next episode of Where's the Map?